Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm joined by Dr. Jaber Moore and we're talking all about children's health, the conditions PANS and PANDAS, top tips for keeping your children healthy and supporting detoxification whilst we're living in this toxic world. We also talk about Lyme disease and co-infections, mold illness, parasites, how to know the difference between a bad detox reaction versus a healing crisis and just your healing and improving and getting better. Um, A ton of different things, mental health, mindset, especially for those of you dealing with chronic illness, he shares his top tips and he's on the same page as me. We really believe that you can get better if you just persevere, you stick with it and you're persistent with your treatments. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Dr. Jabin is a national board certified chiropractic physician and he's also passed passed the National Board for Acupuncture. He practices functional medicine, looking for the root causes of illness and treating through natural protocols. He, like me, uses the Cellcore line, really great products, especially for those of you dealing with more chronic, complex illness, any of those conditions that I mentioned, or or if you're very sensitive, that whole line is designed for you, the, the people like you in mind. So really great episode. We cover a bunch of different subjects, but I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Dr. Jabin. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about some uh, pans, pandas, lime mold detox today. Yeah, there's a few subjects that we're going to cover. So apologies if it's a bit all over the place to the listeners, but you do specialize in a ton of different things. And I know you have many interests, but a lot of these things do go together. So they might seem very separate, but a lot of people are struggling with multiple infections or multiple health issues. So while I've got you on, I want to chat about all the things. But first, could we cover your health history and a bit about how you got into the field of functional medicine and um, chiropractics? I know that you work with that as well. Yeah, so it's kind of twofold. So there was my upbringing. I had a mother that was extremely sick. She had a dysfunctional thyroid. She had diabetes. She was depressed, anxious, high cholesterol. She had... The list is so long. I mean, we, we're talking ulcers in her stomach. She gained a hundred pounds. And, and this is from being a model and a corporate America manager um, as things that she had done in her life and then just crashed and burned when I was about 10. And for no reason, nobody gave a, an answer to why until she went to the ER and at the ER, they said, well, um, are you diabetic, ma'am? And she said, no, I'm not. And they went back and ran a test two more times, which would be a blood test for diabetes, like a hemoglobin A1C and glucose. I was 10, so I don't exactly know what was going on. I was actually at school that day. And then they came back to know you are diabetic. And from there, we had figured out that she probably had been diabetic at least three years. 
and her body was shutting down from a lack of addressing that. So even back at 10 years old, my introduction to medicine was more mishap than positive. And I had already said I wanted to be a doctor at five years old. So that just drove me to looking for answers that may not be as a parent or you know, trying to pick up that rock to see what's under there when it comes to the clients I work with, which came in really handy because up to 20 years old, my mom was still really struggling through all of that. When I got into college, I went into pre-med exercise science and then biomechanics, kinesiology, and I was able to come home and kind of help guide her through working out and losing weight. But I was a shot putter, so I was a, a big boy. I was 250 pounds um, or... I don't know what that is in kilo, 110, 115 mm -hmm. kilo. And my natural body weight isn't anywhere, anywhere near that. I'm about 85 kilo normally. And then when I got through college, I lost all my weight, was in chiropractic school, had the best physical body I'd ever had by looks, was eating better than I ever had in my life. And I crashed and burned. And it was Lyme disease, but nobody knew it. I went to naturopaths, to medical doctors, to chiropractors, to functional medicine doctors in my area. And everybody was just like, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, you're tired, you have brain fog, your body hurts. I started having hormone issues. My testosterone was crashing. I ended up with erectile dysfunction at 25. And I know six pack doesn't matter, but I had a six pack. I was fit. I was athletic. I was eating well. My body was still crashing. And I finally was at a conference and the guy's like, you know, have you checked into Lyme disease? And he muscle tested me. He said, I think you have Lyme disease. I go, what can I do for that? He goes, I don't know. I don't treat it. So, I mean, yet again, like running into that wall of not being able to get answers and somebody's like, well, I know a guy up in Wisconsin, go up there, uh, which was about a six and a half, seven hour drive North for me. And I've got up there, Dr. Alan Lindsley, who actually formulated some products that I still to this day use said, Hey, yeah, you have Lyme and started working on me within a month, my symptoms started to fade. It doesn't mean they were done. It took me a lot longer than that, probably a year or two to, to truly reverse all the symptoms that I had, but I saw significant changes um, pretty quickly, but that's honestly a bit about me. I, I do not herx as easily, um, so my recovery was a little faster, but yeah, so between my mom and her chronic illness, and then me and Lyme, that drove me straight all ahead full into trying to help other people who can't get answers, who get pushed to the side, who feel badly and, and just don't know why. And I know it's probably been a rough journey. That's similar to my story as well with um, mold illness. That was the main thing, but I think I had Lyme disease as well and not been able to get answers. So you have to be your own practitioner which is sad, but then I think it's paid off with what you've been through and now you can help other people. So I can definitely tell you um, are really passionate about what you do. I do want to chat a little bit more about the Lyme because I've had um, Dr. Jessica Petros on or Dr. Jess on Instagram. She's been on and she mentioned Lyme disease. I've also had, um, what's his name? The Better Health Scott Falsgren. I know you interviewed him recently. He's been on as well. But how does your approach to, I don't know if you said that you treat Lyme or support Lyme, what's your approach to treatment? Um, and how does that differ from the conventional methods? I know with some practitioners, allopathic doctors, they don't actually believe that chronic Lyme is a thing. So some people are very like, kill, kill, kill the organism. How does what you do differ from that? 
Yeah, well, I want to address that that disbelief that is a, it's a real thing. You know, they they disbelieve that fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, um, many mental health disorders were a real thing for a long time, and now those are accepted, right? Chronic Lyme is just a root cause for these things. So chronic Lyme is never alone. It is always with friends. So I call it Lyme and friends. Uh, I like to keep things a little lighthearted. So I, I try to make things sound funny. Like I call infections bugs all the time because is, this is a really hard journey and chronic Lyme definitely exists. We have lots of testing for it, whether you're going to the German labs, you're going to DNA connections, vibrant labs. Um, even the CDC came out and said that their test here in the United States was very poor and it only picked up about 25,000. They estimate somewhere between 300,000 and a million people actually got it. And I believe that was 2015 that that study came out. So the way I work with Lyme patients is I have to decrease that toxic and infectious burden down as I'm increasing the body's health. So the adrenals, the mitochondria, the minerals, and just really increasing that gut health by removing these infections and toxins that are disrupting the normal bodily function. So, you know, all the rage is mitochondria these days. So let's talk about how the fact that if you have Lyme, which decreases your ability to detoxify because it releases ammonia among many other toxicities between it and its friends. And then parasites are, are allowing in their neurotoxic or toxic waste, which is their poop. Uh, plus we're living in an environment that is full of glyphosates, heavy metals, your experience with mold, which I just had my first personal experience in mold over the past few months. Um, all of these toxins are in there and they all accumulate. That's why I say the toxic burden versus just saying lime or just saying mold. It's the toxic burden. As you decrease those things out, um, you are pulling that toxicity out of the cell that is messing with the nanomotor or the functionality of your mitochondria, uh, which, it, which mitochondria make not only energy because they are the powerhouse, but they also manage your immune system. So when they're toxic when they're overburdened with toxicity and they're not producing energy anymore. Every system of your body, not just your, your energy levels, but your hormone productivity, your recovery, your ability to heal, all of it goes by the wayside because it just gets trashed. So my way is, yes, I'm using herbs. I'm, I'm primarily natural. We use mostly herbs to uh, go after the infections to kill the infections while we're using other herbs to build the adrenals. We're using nutrients and herbs to support the thyroid. And we're using the carbons from, say, Mito ATP from CellCorp to feed the mitochondria along with the minerals that I also use from CellCorp, but just minerals in general. Sometimes people can't take those minerals because they're strong. And I give them just potassium or magnesium to feed the pathways, the, the requirements to make energy, because without magnesium, you don't make energy. So I use that to feed the mitochondria because it, it, it's all interconnected. You know, uh, when I first jumped into the space, it was, I got to go off the line. And I go, oh, well, dang it, you know, parasites. And, and then, well, if I don't get rid of the parasite, or when, if I go after the parasites, I also have to get rid of the metal to get rid of the parasites. And then if you have mold, nothing goes away. So it's also interconnected with Lyme. And when I'm working on my protocol, every individual gets checked for every single piece of that puzzle. 
so that we can get rid of the burden while raising the body. And what are some of the most common symptoms that your, your patients have? Oh, geez. Um, chronic fatigue, chronic body pain, IBS or some other diagnosed uh, digestive issue. I've got people that are anywhere from highly medicated Crohn's ulcerative colitis all the way down to just your general bloating. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask is I ask to any young woman, because it, it seems like there's like a cutoff around 40, uh, probably when some chemicals are introduced into our population, I ask any young woman, how many of your friends that you talk to on a daily basis out of 10, female, have some kind of digestive tract issue, whether that be bloating, constipation, diarrhea, pain, cramping, that's not necessarily associated with menstruation. And they usually say either nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10. So I see a lot of that because it's always associated with parasites. Um, but then I work with the really chronically ill, whether they're children or adults, so highly sensitive to supplements. I mean, can't take B vitamins, can't take medications, can't take C, D, herbs, because they react. Um, and then, you know, extreme histamine food allergy reactions or headaches. I mean, I could go on for days because it feels like the people I work with have a little bit of everything. Exactly. And I'm the more sensitive person. So I think I attract those people as well. I was like muscle activation because of the mold and parasites. They all do go together. So um, makes total sense. And how would you set up the body so would you start with the mitochondria or would you start with parasites before you leave like heavy metals to the very end like what's i know it's different for everyone but what's what's the typical order that you address things in in order of priority so i'll give you since you said you were the the sensitive type I, i've been developing an ultra sensitive type protocol over the last year two years um dr watts and davidson and and jess and i have all kind of talked about these things and what I'm finding is if you're ultra sensitive, I don't even start with any herbs or going after anything. I just set the body up by reducing the immune response, uh, meaning like the overactive mast cell histamine reactions by doing some fasting and some red light therapy. And then we can use DAO if you can tolerate that or quercetin, some of those good things for the, the mast cell type setup. But once we're, able to start about 70% of the time I start with parasites from parasites. I move into bacteria more recently. I've been seeing a lot of mycoplasma. I think I became more aware of it, sort of testing for it more, sort of addressing it more. Uh, so then it went to mycoplasma metal actually will come out at any given point during this journey, usually three to four protocols. in. so that's about four months in, you'll start getting a little metallic taste in your mouth, just enough to let me know it's time to start addressing metals. So then I throw in some HMET binder with that to start mopping it, but I'm not addressing it actively. If you're very sensitive, I, I move the mitochondrial work toward middle to end. If you're not sensitive, then I'll put it at the start. Uh, Mito ATP for those who are very sensitive seems to cause a lot of reactivity. Whereas for those who are not sensitive, it just jump starts them. So I kind of have that mindset of, are you sensitive or are you not sensitive? Uh, of kind of where I place some of those pieces in, in my journey. Um, so yeah, I mean, you get, you get into the, the fourth protocol, I said mycoplasma, uh, and, and from there, metals, 
mold come into play as far as detoxing it. Mold is definitely the first thing I say, make sure you're not in. If you're in mold, then that's a whole different journey down that line itself, which I don't necessarily, even if you live in mold, I'm like, okay, get out, get yourself to somewhere else. Okay, now that you're out of mold, it's a blank slate again, where do we start? You may address mold first if it's, if it's starting to pour out because you're out of it, or you might go after parasites to make sure that the liver and the, the gallbladder and the colon is opened enough that when we start detoxing the mold that you can. And that's why I start with parasites so often is people will get their drainage pathways blocked up with parasites to where they cannot drain. So it doesn't matter what they have in them. If they can't drain, you can't get it out. And I, I pushed it a little bit too hard myself. I only moved from my moldy house back in June. That was delayed because of COVID and just the renovations and things took longer than expected. But I'm like a very um, obsessive personality. And like when I get into something, I go for it. Like with the detox stuff, I'm like all or nothing. So I like pushed it for like the first few weeks. I blacked out. I hit my head yeah. on the ground. I like had um, like fainting episodes. So it was quite bad. But I made some detox mistakes and I think it was because I didn't set up drainage properly and I was just pushing it too hard. But how do we know whether you're having a bad reaction and it's something that you should just stop because it's not working or whether it's a healing crisis and you just need to continue and push through a little bit? And there's that fine line. Yeah, it's a super fine line. And I've done so many videos on this and there's no perfect answer because this is a topic everybody loves just because of my experience in it. Um, and by the way, you said, you know, your people are attracted to you because of your sensitive experiences and I'm the total opposite. And I get all the sensitive people and Dr. Watts always jo jokes with me. He's like, it's because you can handle their sensitive nature. Cause you don't have that. Um, but then so many people are sensitive and, and to differentiate, is this a reaction? For instance, uh, Carboxy, the new product from Cellcore or Tudka or HMET binder, these products are based out of basically carbon. So the likely that you, likelihood that you have an allergic reaction to this is extremely small. Also, if you have a, if you react the same to everything, then again, it's probably not an allergic reaction. It's an immune system overreaction or it's a healing crisis or something else that's happening. So oftentimes with people, I will try a few different things. And many of those things could be homeopathics. They could be even people react to water. So I try to just map out, okay, how are you reacting? Is this something where we just need to push through that a little bit? And I also use pulsing methods to do it too, where I, I pull something really heavy versus doing very light. So for you, for instance, instead of detoxing you seven days straight, I would detox you one day heavily and then give you six days off. And it seems like, that helps too. And I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but uh, the, the detox reactions, how do you know the difference? Or is it like I, a good thing? Is it a good sign to notice detox symptoms? Like something's obviously working, something's being killed off, or is it yeah. a sign that you need some extra support and it's maybe too much too quick? So if you're only doing detox, meaning no killers, and you're having slight reactions, I'm good with it. If you're having heavier reactions from only doing detox, then we're doing too much. And you're having, you're gonna end up in a hurts versus getting over the hump into just uh, better health. If you're doing killers, 
and you don't feel anything, likely you're not doing enough or you're just one of those, you know, 0.01% of people that can just crush through protocols. And then if you're doing killers and you feel like you're going to crash, you need to pull back and stop and add more detox and drainage in. So it's definitely individual and you have to feel it within yourself. If you're having inner trembling, inner vibrations, inner shaking, increased, not just anxiety because so many people have anxiety and that does increase, but this internal urge to, that you just want to curl into a ball that was not there before. That's not your normal symptom. Those are reasons for me to, to increase detox or pause for a day or two. And what are some of the ways that you in, increase detox? Like any tools that you recommend? So the easiest thing is take a day off and that's not increasing detox. That's just giving your body time. Uh, because what I've found is, and for those of you who can see this versus just listen, um, if you do one day, you get a little blip of increased die off, increased inflammation, increased stress to the body. And then your body kind of goes back to flatline for most people. And that's why I'll do an aggressive dose early versus if you do one pill a day when you need six, it just seems like it's just ramping you up. So that one pill builds, 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 builds on the, the inflammatory reaction until you have a major herx. So I do pulsing methods. I do fasting. If you fast, then you're not focused on digesting your food and everything else that's going on. You're, you're focused on detoxing, which also decreases system response and immune response in the gut. So those are, are kind of your simple, easy, cheap things. Other ways is add lymphatic, lymph active, add kidney liver support, which are products from Cellcor, add biotoxin binder, HMET binder, Virad Chem, or Tudka from, from Cellcor. All of those are, are detox or drainage supports. You just have to know when to add each one. Um, and then the other piece is you can do castor oil pack, infrared sauna, ionic foot bath, red light therapy, rebounder, foot bath, and I'm sure I missed coffee something. Coffee enema. Can't forget that one. <laughs> you know, there's so many good tools out there, and I just interview people when I'm working with them, like, well, which one of these do you either have or are you comfortable with? Mm -hmm. Coffee enema is probably the single most effective detoxification tool. It also is very time-consuming, and it's a little more invasive for those so sometimes I start with the other pieces. I mean, there's a great ca uh, castor oil pack out there that will just strap to you. You can walk around your home. I think they're sold for about 50 bucks. Um, and that's just easy and, and you can use it over and over and over again. So it makes your money go a long way. Um, red light therapy is one of my favorite things because for the ultra sensitive, it seems not to create much of a herx. It doesn't push the body too hard. You can do it for just a minute if you are sensitive. And it, it does so many other good things too. Um, yeah, what are the benefits specifically and how does that differ from infrared saunas? I think people have heard of that before. How is that different from just pure red light therapy? Yeah, so red light therapy is literally just red light. I actually have one here that I'm using right now. And, and this is my, my soft one. I've got another one under my desk, different companies, because I like to test all the different companies out and figure out which ones work better. Um, but red light increases photonic energy into your cell. And that allows for more energy production to reduce inflammation, increase healing rate. If you put it on male anatomy, um, being lighting cells, you increase testosterone. 
it will help skin healing because again, any cell it, it hits, it's increasing energy. So if you put it over your liver, over your digestive enzymes, or put it over your head, it's gonna help those cells to be able to detoxify a little more effectively. This weekend, I was actually at a conference with other doctors. One of the doctors is going through uh, mycotoxin detox. She found some in the nasal pathway, they're using the, the swab, and she was having panic attacks. And literally, I just said, here, take my red light that I brought, sleep with it here, which she did, and she woke up in the morning, she's like, oh my gosh, like I just feel better, my brain's clear, my head doesn't hurt, I don't, I'm not having like this panic attack reaction, because she was able to get a little bit accelerated detox for her own body. And that's been a game changer for some of my ultra sensitive people to be able to just use that tool because it's, it's, it's a less aggressive than a coffee enema, but it's more aggressive than again, just doing nothing. So it's, it's taking those little steps forward to get them well. And so then, when we see people walking around with a infrared map strapped to the head. We know we've li they've listened to this episode. <laughs> there you go. I'm just sleeping with it, uh, not going out and about. Although Therisage is building right now uh, like a helmet for hair regrowth. Interesting. Um, is that the company that you recommend? Uh, for this pad behind my back that I showed you, the soft pad, absolutely. I love that. It's actually very inexpensive. Um, for U.S. dollars, it's 155 and, and I mean, right now I have a code for 15% off of that and it's, it's a trilight. So it actually has far infrared and near infrared. It's got the three frequencies, 66850 and 980 in it. Whereas most of the infrared lights only have the two, they don't have the 980s. Um, great, great, great tool. I also use Mito Red for my big light panel that I have in my shower. Uh, I'm, I'm working on Therisage amping up the, the light coming out of this because this is zero EMF, whereas all those big lights definitely are not. Um, but they can cover a larger area, whereas this pad is, is only this big. And with the, the amount of joule production that it has in it, so the amount of energy putting out, it has to be on your skin, whereas those lights can be 12, 18 inches away. Right. And I'll link to those brands in the episode show notes and your code as well, if that's okay. Um, yeah. I'll get that from you afterwards. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold-free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores. Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the reishi can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. 
It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics, the regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. And while you're an expert in children's health as well, I wanted to ask you a few questions on that. And um, particularly with, I'm guessing the parents listening to this podcast episode are already feeding their children healthy foods and living healthy lifestyles as opposed to like the standard Western diet. But what are some key things that you've learned over the years when it comes to children's health? Because I know that you work with individuals like very sensitive, very um, like bad behavior and, and behavioral problems and things. So is there a way to keep your children healthy um, in terms of immune health? Is regular parasite cleansing necessary? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so kids are many adults. And the more I work with them, the more I realize that, you know, at first I was a little afraid to do too much with them that, you know, they're kids, they're little, we don't want to be too aggressive, but they're many adults for the most part. So most things that I do with adults, I do with children. And I work with kids that are chasing their parents around with a knife, to uh, just being a little irritable or, you know, being a little overreactive. ADHD, ODD are some of the, the more common diagnoses, but what we're finding just like adults. So if you're dealing with, as an adult, mold, lime, metal, whatever chronic toxicity infection that you're dealing with, it, it can create mental symptoms, right? It can create anxiety and depression. Well, the same thing can happen to a child. And now we're seeing a name for it, which is called PANS. Um, or PANDAS, which is from strep. Uh, the PANDAS uh, is strep versus PANS is any cause. So it's a pediatric acute neuro onset of psychiatric disorder caused by strep or other things is, is what the big long name is. It's a mouthful, right? Um, and, and what happens is it's creating a autoimmune reaction called encephalitis, autoimmune encephalitis, that creates inflammation in your brain so the immune system is attacking at something, creating inflammation into your brain. But the problem is, is even after that something is gone, sometimes that reaction continues in children. And that's when we see these pans and pandas kids perpetually staying in this state of OCD, irritability, reactivity, sensitivity, light sensitivity, food sensitivity, almost like they became slightly autistic or became on the spectrum after getting a sickness or a cold um, is the most common setup for that. But now I'm seeing in kids, I mean, in the United States, I'm actually doing a presentation this weekend. And what I found was there, there's something like 20 million children in the United States on or diagnosed with some kind of mental health issue now being put on prescriptions. And I'm going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. These kids are being born 
put into our school systems and 20 million of them need some sort of medication? What's going on here? Where, where's the hiccup? So I started talking about it a little bit more. Kids started being sent to me outside of just pans, pandas and autism. And now I got ODD and ADD, ADHD, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, intrusive thoughts. You give them the same kind of protocol, which is reduce the toxic burden, whether that be lime mold or glyphosate metals. And all of a sudden now you have an ODD kid that just was defiant as could be or angry, it's mellowed out. And the parents get to enjoy their child a little bit more than always fighting with their child. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the deeper stuff. But you also ask just, what have I noticed with kids that helps? Well, kids are in the same toxic environment we are. So giving them a little bit of HMET binder for that glyphosate, giving them a little bit of biotoxin binder for those, those more organic, not an organic, but man-made chemicals like the, the plastics and things to grab up those. Giving them a little bit of Tudka to keep their liver ahead of schedule so that when the chemicals are coming in from the food food from schools or going out to eat or um, the candies that you can't help but give your kids, you know, you keep that stuff out. So doing those sorts of little things can just help give them the opportunity to stay well versus like so many that I work with that never did anything and just accumulated and weighed them down. And then sugar. Where did we forget that sugar and food that turn into sugar are going to create a little monster? When I was growing up, you know, we joked, it was a joke, like grandma's going to give you sugar before you go home. So you're a wild child when you get to your parents. Where did we forget that? Like we get parents who keep getting letters from their teachers. Your kid is, you know, the Tasmanian devil. They're going haywire. They're, they're all over the place. Well, what'd you feed them for breakfast? Cereal, bread. What are you feeding them for lunch? Pizza, Cinnabon. I mean, even if you're feeding them healthy things, like I like healthy food, but if I sit down and eat dried mango, which is like 34 grams of sugar, the body converts that like that to sugar. And that's gonna cause your kid to go haywire. So avoid sugars. Avoid high glycemic foods. If you're not familiar with that, glycemic index is a great place to look. Look at your food, balance that diet to where it's at least a third protein, fat, and carb. Detox them a little. And if they've got a lot more going on, treat them like a mini adult as far as get them into a lime mold type protocol. Obviously, you give them miniature doses because they're miniature people. You're probably not going to coffee enema, even though I have with kids as often, because it's just something that they're not going to be game for as easily and, and get them well, because if they're, if they're reactive or fatigued or tired, it's not just in their head either. Have you noticed that with kids, they seem to improve a little bit quicker. I've definitely noticed that when, they have these symptoms and the parents put them on like a little mini protocol. They seem to get better pretty quickly. Whereas an adult, obviously they've had accumulation of toxins for maybe decades. Have you seen that? Kids are pretty I, resilient. I have to a point though. Yeah. I'm sure you if work you with like complex if you bring people. A kid in with a full blown autoimmune encephalitis, they're pretty sensitive. If you bring in a kid that's 
a little ODD or ADHD and, and they're overall pretty well, then yeah, they can heal just tremendously fast. It just really depends on, on their toxic burden. And a lot of that is from their parents. So parents, if you had Lyme or mold toxicity and gave birth to a child and the nurse, which is what you should do is nursing, but that toxicity is being transmitted to your child, then their toxic burden is also going to be higher. So then it just takes a little bit more at that point. And how do you know the difference between just like regular tantrums and acting out behaviors versus like there's an underlying infection or imbalance going on? Yeah. So that's a hard spot to be in to answer that question because just talking to parents, you know, girls and boys are a little bit different with uh, the amount of tantrums they throw or the defiance that they have in general. And, you know, if you have three children, oftentimes if the third one's the one throwing the tantrums that are a little bit over the top, you're like, okay, yeah, he's over the top. But other times you can ask the teachers, you know, what's the behavior like? And if they're sub uh, school age, then that's something where bring mom and dad in, bring your friends over, but they should not be throwing a tantrum every time that you take something away from them. They should not throw a tantrum if you don't give them the food that they want. They should not throw a tantrum if you're not letting them watch the show that they're watching every single time. Yeah, there's going to be moments. I mean, but are they responsive? Like when you, when you discipline them uh, by saying to them, once you've taken away the iPad, you know, we only do that 30 minutes a day, you need to stop. And, and if they go and, and pout for a second, realize it's not going to work and then come back, that's more normal. If they throw a tantrum to where they're holding their breath so long that they can't breathe and you think they're going to pass out, that's a whole different story. With pans and pandas, so you said that that is kind of inflammation of the brain. Is there like an adult version of that or is that just like brain fog depression? Does it manifest in the regular conditions that we hear about? Yeah, so there is some literature out there and I can't remember the theory, but the theory was in psychology, psychiatry, that all of these mental health disorders could be potentially correlated back to infections or toxins. Now, that's just a theory that's out there. So I definitely subscribe to that, not because I even knew that was out there. I literally was just Googling one day. I'm like, I wonder if there's anything out here about this. There, you know, PANS is pediatric. But it, I've definitely had people message me and say, can this happen to adults? And I, and I go, without a doubt, for sure, we can have a immune reaction to the brain. MS is one of those. I mean, ALS and then depression, anxiety are correlated with inflammation of the brain. Like, you know, there are studies coming out, give someone turmeric and it reduces the inflammation, reduces the symptom. So if we can reduce inflammation, reduce autoimmune attack, definitely we're going to have a better brain function for an adult. Unfortunately, we just don't have, you know, it, it's pans. So we call it ANS, an adult onset of neuropsychiatric disorder. Sure. I think that's a real thing. I just, I don't think that the information's there because medicine in general is just not accepting fully even to today of mental health issues. I mean, we look at even the way that our healthcare programs are set up and there's just not enough support for mental health issues. But you also look at studies showing what is the effectiveness of mental health medications or uh, talk therapy 
And unfortunately, it's just not not what we'd love it to be. It's not 90% or something. It's fairly, fairly low. And it's because I think that we're missing this key component of the toxins and infectious burden on the brain. Now, I work with these kids and adults that have those symptoms. And if you can get them, you know, pretty cleaned out, pretty non-toxic, most of the time those symptoms fade away. Now there's definitely a place out there because I'm not trying to take the place of mental health practitioners for people who have been through traumas, who have been through things in their life where they need mental help. And, and I, I definitely send out for that all the time, but I think a lot of this depression and anxiety need for medication, if we could just get rid of the root causes, we would see a huge reduction in that symptom and prescription for it. Totally agree. And even with some of the antidepressants, the mechanism is that they're anti-inflammatory in the brain. Yes. And sometimes placebo is why someone gets better on antidepressants as well. Just having that support and feeling like they're doing something um, to help the depression. And you work a lot with chronic illness. How important is the mindset like with the, the patient? How important is their mindset in order to heal? I'll just tell you this. I got 20 minutes behind this morning because I had a client that I was working with who has been dealing with more gallons and she's made progress. I mean, I, I do a detailed note every time of rate your skin, rate your fatigue, rate your brain fog, and, and things are moving in the right direction for her, for her son. And she's an incredible warrior for her family. But I think it's just weighing on her. And everything she says is, I'm just so stressed. I'm just so stressed. There's just so much stress. I just don't know if I ever feel like I'm going to get out of this. And, and she was just so negative. And I felt that growing on her as we've talked. So I spent that extra time with her, got behind, because I wanted to coach her through, look, you're valid in the way you feel, but we've got to change our words. You have to say, I am going to get well. You have to know that you're working at this. You have to know that you're getting better. But I mean, just look at the, the notes that I've taken for you by your own verbiage. And I could hear that that was kind of hard for her to hear for me to call her out on that. Um, and I was trying to do it in a very sensitive manner, but I was like, we need to get you working on your mindset. We need to get you working on that positivity, that, that meditation, prayer, whatever it is that you need to do. Uh, but mindset is absolutely needed. Even to that point, I'm working on putting together like a group coaching with one of my health coaches to where more people can see me because I'm, I'm booked out and I want to get to helping more people. So, and of course it comes at a lower cost than, than, than other things that we do. So the very first week that I scheduled in that, um, as we're developing the content for it, is mindset and it's, you know, here's where we're going. These are the things you can expect. Here's what I want you doing every morning to make sure with positive affirmations that you are in the right mindset because mental stress, emotional stress from chronic illness is just as taxing as Molder Lyme. Definitely. I think with all of my clients as well, I always give them the expectation, like what to expect. Like it's not going to be a quick fix. Um, when you're addressing the root cause of the problem, it's going to take a while. And on average, I say a, a month of proper full on healing for every year that you've been sick. I don't know if that kind of follows the timeline that you just give them a heads up and um, what to expect. I've definitely said that exact line. I took that from a mentor of mine and they said the exact same thing. So I like that. Um, 
you know, there's no true way to give somebody an idea, but I'm like, unfortunately I get people that come in that have only been sick for two years and they're like, so two months, like, Meh. no, if you're chronically ill, it's going to be longer than that, unfortunately. But many that are coming in at five, 10, 15 years, yeah, it's, it's 10, 15 months is not out of the question for sure. I don't know if you've ever seen the image that goes around on social media. It's what you think healing looks like. And it's just this straight linear path versus what healing actually looks like. And it's like squiggles backwards and forwards. feels like you're taking two steps forward, three steps back sometimes. But as long as you're persistent, patient, and you just keep going, you will find answers. You will get improvements. That's what I believe. Absolutely. I've drawn that same thing for yeah. more patients than I can imagine. Mm-hmm. And I always finish up with a few questions. So there's three questions and I want to want me to tell people where they can find you online. But the first one is what's something that you do daily to stay in hormonal harmony yourself? Yeah. So you saw my red light that I pulled out earlier. I red light every single day, often twice a day uh, for at least 10 to 20 minutes. Um, that is an every single day thing, but I also move. I, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you. I sit and talk to clients virtually all day. Um, so I have to get up and move to keep my lymph moving, to keep my cells working. And, and just there's every bit of your body requires movement. We are organisms that require movement. So your red light and movement, whether it's yoga, going for a walk or, or lifting weights. And I've heard you say for those who are like absolutely exhausted, just moving your arms up and down, just do what you can just to get that lymphatic and blood flow moving. So start where you are. Exactly. Lay on your back if you're bedridden and, and just flutter kick for five seconds if that's all you got. But any movement is better than no movement. Mm-hmm. What's one product or supplement that you couldn't live without? I know this is like asking a parent what their favorite child is. <laughs> um, I would have to say that mitochondrial supplements right now are my favorite because once you've gotten well, you want to stay there. And mitochondria are such an important piece of that. So Mito ATP from Cellcor, or hopefully what they come out with in the near future, which we're just calling the trainer's blend, which is a supercharged Mito ATP um, that I'm testing out along with biomolecular oxygen is just incredible at keeping the body working and going and healing. It's two of my absolute favorites, which by the way, little, little snippet that I didn't say earlier, biomolecular oxygen rubbed externally on the skin or even taken internally. I've seen it help incredibly with mental health uh, for people that are having detox reactions and need a little bit of extra for the brain. Uh, but those two supplements are probably my favorite two that I, that are probably the only two that I do not miss. Yeah. You can rub, I have people rub the oxygen on the thyroid if they have Hashimoto's or um, brain fog. I know people do, do they do the nebulizer as well with the oxygen to get yeah. it to the, to the brain? That one like switches your brain on. I had brain fog. I took the oxygen, just felt like a light bulb had come on in my brain. So it's powerful stuff. What's okay. one piece of takeaway advice if you were to sum everything up with what you do and get a message for the listeners, what would that be? My one piece of advice that I always go back to is be your own health advocate never ever give up and this is that mental health game that we were talking about or mental um, emotional piece it's the mindset you will get well tell yourself that you deserve to get well you will get well you're going to get well and you're going to find 
either through yourself or you're going to find the doctor that is going to get you well. So that is the biggest piece of advice is never, ever give up. Never. And, and I'm so passionate about that because in high school I was an athlete and I would always say when as I was a small guy, I was 170 pounds and I was working out with the offensive lineman because I could squat 600 pounds and it's nothing is impossible when you put your mind to it, when you really truly believe it. So for everyone out there, whether it's for you, for your family member, for your children, do not let negativity, negative emotions, negative self-talk get in your head, fight for the positivity because when you are positive when you have the the knowledge that you know you're going to get better it's just a matter of time amazing what a way to wrap up the interview thank you so much dr jaben i really recommend if people aren't already following you on instagram to please do where can they find you your website and, and social media so everything i have is literally dr jaben um so my e my uh website dr jaben moore my Facebook, Dr. Javen Moore, um, which also has a Facebook group where we talk about all the healing strategies called True Healing Strategies and Instagram is Dr. Javen Moore. Really great resource. Um, the, the Facebook group, I'm in that as well. Um, and the IGTVs that you do, you've got a ton of subjects. So if someone heard you talk about Lyme or mold today, you have an individual IGTV on that as well. But thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and especially the work that you do with children. I know that a lot of people avoid, like you said, going into that area field of work, but that's affecting the next generation as well. So I personally thank you for doing that because it's um, really important stuff that you're doing. Well, thank you for saying that. Thank you for having me on here. I've really enjoyed it. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain, and refined sugar-free recipes, and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.